and the boundaries of their dwellings. Now, now that's very important that, you know, God has determined our pre-appointed times and the boundaries of our dwellings. God has a set place for each and every one of us to be in the perfect will of God. And notice, you know, somebody said, well, how do I find the perfect will of God? Verse 27 begins by saying, so that they should seek the Lord. That's how you find the place God has for you is by seeking Him. In the hope that they might grope for Him and find Him. See, God wants us to find our place. God has not hidden that from us to the point we can't find it. You know, if God hid something from us and didn't want us to find it, how many of you know we'd never be able to find it? But you're not going to just find the will of God for your life just by, you know, just by watching television and going to the park and just getting up and going to bed. and do, I mean, you've got to set some time aside to spend with him to find out what it is he wants you to do. Now, he doesn't make it hard to find. He wants to show you your place. What I'm trying to say is, is that you're going to have to make some effort to find out what your place is. But if you'll make some effort, God will reveal that to you. And he's, he's got a place for you, pre-appointed by him, a boundary of your dwelling, pre-appointed by him. You, do you realize that? And so we're going to talk today about finding your place, finding your place. Notice 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter and the 13th verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Notice the Apostle Paul speaking, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Says 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for by one spirit we're all baptized into one body. Well, that's when we repent of our sins, place our faith in the Lord Jesus. We get saved. We get baptized into the body of Christ. We become a Christian. Going to miss hell and make heaven, you see. But notice, for by one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? How many of you know your ear and your eye are just as much a part of your body as your hand and your foot? And then verse 17 says, if the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole uh, were hearing, where would be the smelling? I mean, how many of you would like your body to just be a nose, that the whole thing? Or, Or an eye? We need it all, don't we? And then, you know, the Bible talks about, as you read on here, about some of our parts that are not seen, you know. You know, some of our body parts, if we were to have a surgeon come in here and cut them out and put them up here, they wouldn't look too neat or too pretty. But how many of you know you need them? How many of you know you need your pancreas? Now, have you ever, I've never seen my pancreas. But you need it. You need it to be healthy. Otherwise, you're the whole. If the pancreas and we don't, we don't walk up and you know, you, somebody might walk up and say, "Isn't your hair beautiful?" How many's ever walked up and said, "Isn't your pancreas beautiful?" You don't. You, you might think they just insulted you. You know, if you didn't know what that was. But you got to have that, or you die. Is that right? Your heart. You know, all these different internal vital organs. You know, but they're you know. Each of us has a place in the body. Notice verse 18, but now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. See, we're members of the body of Christ if we're born again. And he's set each one of us in the body as it's pleased him. 
Some of us are a hand. Some of us are an eye. Some of us are a mouth. Some of us are a nose, so to speak. Some of us are the pancreas, you know, or the heart or the liver. What do I mean by that? Some people work behind the scenes and you never see them. They never stand on the stage. They're not called to do that. They're not set in the body to do that. But, but what you learn is, as like from a, minute, from a minister standpoint, if I don't have the people working behind the scenes, then it makes it almost impossible for me to stand here and be the mouth, if you will. Did, did you get what I just said there? You know, God has set us in the body. And you know, he has a place for each and every one of us in the body. You know, when you become a Christian, you become a part of the church universal. You know what I mean by that? I mean, you're part of the body of Christ. You're part of the church of God. But he has a local church for everybody. And not only does he have a local church for everybody, but in that local church, he has a place for you to fit. And I would say from doing this now many, many, many years, being around the church for over 25, probably into 30 years now, just, you know, as I've observed, I would say the vast majority of Christians, I'm talking the vast majority of Christians in the land, are not in their place. Now, how do I know that? Well, if they were, there would never be a need for a worker in any area of any church. In any church that's called by God. Now, you realize that there's a lot of churches out there that God never called. It's just because some guy wanted to preach and he started up a work. And those churches, again, struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and the needs are never met. But, you know, God, when he calls a church, he calls people to that church. And then he sets them in that church and then he has a place for them in that church to, to do something. Do you understand? You know. And uh, you see, if everybody was in their place, there'd never be a need in any area of any church that God called. Christians wouldn't have to double up, you know, and have some of them work, you know, not only on a worship team, but in the children's church. You know what I'm saying? And be an usher, huh? Because there'd be, there'd, everybody'd be in their place. And then again, you have Christians that never get in their place because they never really take the time to get alone with God to find out what that place is. Is God making it hard for you to find out what it is? No. But you do have to spend some time with Him. But Christians never do get in their place and then they wonder why they're not blossoming spiritually or financially. You know, I found this, that we, we want to be in the place God has set for us. How many of you want to be in the place God has set for you? And I found this, that only in your place will you find God's grace. As one good minister preached a message, did a whole series on it, Places and Graces. And it was a very good series that he taught. And, and, and it's so true that, you know, yes, we're saved by grace through faith. There's saving grace, but you know there's also serving grace and standing grace. And, and you won't be able to walk in the fullness of the serving grace or the standing grace if you don't get in your place. Because only in your place is there grace. Amen. See, my ear is grace to be an ear, not an eye. My eye is grace to be an eye, not an ear. And in the local setting, you'd be surprised. There's, you know, there's people that if God sets you to be an usher, let me tell you, you don't want to be a preacher. Now, there's a lot of people that are set as ushers and they want to be preachers. And, and, but look, I'm telling you, you don't want to stand behind this pulpit unless God's called you to do it. And then sometimes when he has called you to do it, you know, it, it can be challenging. We just want to find our place and get in it because in our place, there will be grace. Do you understand that? I, I've watched ministers again and again. Ministers now, that they, they're all upset because they're not world famous. And, you know, you get right down to it, though. They're not graced to be world famous. Because, you know, with world fame comes a lot of uh, heartache and... Huh? 
the more I observe that, I don't want to be world famous. I don't want to have to walk in a restaurant and everybody knows who I am and I got almost signed autographs. I don't want to have to have security all around my house that I can't even... I know one minister's world, worldwide uh, ministry and uh, uh, one of their family members was just trying to get up to their house. They forgot their, their gate key and so they, they had to hop over their own fence and before they got halfway up to the, to the, to the house, the security team had them. Going into your own house. Huh? You know, we need to find out. I see people again and again and again. They want to, they, they're so frustrated because they, they want to be known. They want to have fame and this and that. But you know what? If you're not graced, because with, with that notoriety comes a whole set of problems. And if you're not graced to deal with those problems, if you get that, it will be the very thing that destroys you. Did you hear what I just said? I've seen it again and again where, where folks, they're, 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 they're graced to teach the Sunday school. But they want to go start their own church and be the pastor. Well, if God hasn't graced you to be the pastor, I tell you what, you get in that, you find out there's a whole lot of problems you never thought you are going to have to deal with. And if you're not graced to deal with those problems, it's going to destroy you. If you start a ministry that God's called, you're going to need to believe God for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Did you hear me? And maybe more. Maybe not that much, but you know, you want to see you want to be in your place because in your place there's what? There's there's what in your place? There's great you get out of that place. You know, we've been in the place God has for us, my wife and I, and there's been provision all along for the last 15 years. Never have laid my head one night on the pillow wondering where's the finances going to come from. It's always been there. Because in your place, there's what? There's, there's grace. Now, you need to realize that you don't decide what your place is or where your place is. You discover it. Now, did you hear what I just said? You don't decide where your place is or what your place is. Who decides that? God decides it. You don't decide it. You discover it. How do you discover it? Through seeking God. Spending time with Him. Now, God has a place for each and every one of us. You need to find out what that is and get in it. Can you imagine? Now, now let me ask you this. A whale. How many knows about a whale? Now, what's the place for the whale? The desert or the ocean? Huh? Well, what if you put the whale in the desert? Now, it's not going to thrive, it's going to die. Is that right? Now, let me ask you this. See, because the place for the whale is in the ocean. But now let's take a, a camel. Now, let's put the camel in the deep blue sea. It won't make it. It needs to be in the desert. See, there, have you ever studied plants? You know, some plants, they just thrive in a, in a tropical atmosphere. But you put them in the cold... And they die. I'm talking today geographical as much as spiritual. We need to spend time with God and find out where it is He wants us to be. Do, do, we, do we determine that or do we discover that? We discover. we discover it by seeking the Lord. And then He'll direct us and put us in that place that we're supposed to be. And it's in that place and only in that place that we'll thrive and be all that we can be for God. F- listen to me. Finding your place is the most vital thing you can do after you have got saved, after you get saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit. After you get saved, baptized with the Holy Spirit, the most vital thing you can do is find your place and get in it. And then stay in it. Real loud, say, stay in it. Stay. You know, there's a lot of people get in their place, all right, but they don't stay in it. We'll say some things about that here in just a few moments. But go to Genesis 12.1. Go to Genesis 12.1, if you would. I'm going to look at a few people here in the Bible who found their place. Look at Genesis 12.1. You've heard of Abraham. Before he was Abraham, his name was Abram. And uh, Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country. Notice, get out of your country. 
So your place not only has to do with just a local church or a setting in the local... You want to be in the right local church in the right town. Is that right? So geographical. Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that you think would be best. No. Where? To a land that what? That I will show you. See? There was a place for him to go, but it was to the place that God would show him, and he would discover that as he walked it out. Then in the process of time, God wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son. Go to Genesis 22, 2. Genesis 22, 2. You know he had a son, Isaac. In the process of time, I'm skipping over a lot of, lot of time, because you know there, were, there was one time where Abraham, now listen carefully, where he got right in the place God wanted him to be. Now, are you listening? I know you were turning, but listen carefully because we're not going to go to this passage of Scripture, but you can find it, look it up later. But there was a time Abraham, Abram, his name was changed, Abraham, he got right in the place God wanted him to be. And the Bible says that he drifted away from that place by easy stages. Did you know you can drift from the place God has for you and you not even realize it? Did you understand that? You need to check up on yourself every once in a while and be sure that you're still in that place God wants you to be. It's real easy to drift out of it by easy stages. Now look at Genesis 22 too. Then he said, God speaking to Abraham, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there. See, there was a place. As a burnt offering on... One of the mountains of which I tell you. Did Abraham have to go to the right mountain? Yeah. Now, you know the story, and if you don't, I'll just give you a quick review of it. Remember when he got up there as he was going to sacrifice Isaac? How many of you know that the angel of the Lord stopped him and there was a ram caught in the thicket? Is that right? And then, of course, God had him sacrifice that ram. But what if he hadn't gone to the right mountain? You see, people want provision. They want God to provide for them. But I'm telling you, the only way you're going to see that is you have to get in your place and stay in your place. If he would have just went to whatever mountain God wanted him, uh, whatever mountain he wanted to go to, then God was not obliged to have that ram there. You shouldn't go to the church of your choice. You shouldn't go to the church where you want to go. You ought to go to the church where God tells you to go. Let him, I've said this for years. Let him pick your church for you. If it's this one, then praise God. If, if I'm your pastor, then I'm going to have some things that you need. Did you hear me? I've already had people come here and say to me, it's God's will that I be here. And I say, well, praise God. Hallelujah. And then as long as I'm teaching the Word of God things they like, they're just hip, hip, hoorah on me. Then when I teach some things from the Word of God that steps on their toes, then all of a sudden it's funny how God changes His mind so fast. No, God doesn't change His mind. They just go somewhere else or somebody will tell them what they want to hear. That's not the kind of preacher I am. That's not the kind of preacher I'm ever going to be. Teach the Word of God. It encourages. Sometimes it, it rebukes. But if it rebukes you, it's for your own good. Did you hear me? And so he had to go to the right mountain. If you want God to provide for you, you've got to find out the place he has for you and get in it, and he will provide for you. Now look at 1 Kings 17. Let's look at another example of this. Elijah. Look at this. 1 Kings 17. Elijah. 1 Kings 17, verse 2. 1 Kings 17, verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, to Elijah, saying, Get away from here. Why? Because it wasn't the place he needed to be. Turn eastward. Now, has God given him some directions? Sure he is. And hide by the brook Cherith. Now, he told him to go to a certain brook, didn't he? He didn't just say, find your brook anywhere, did he? No, he said to the brook Cherith, a specific place, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. I've commanded the ravens, notice, to feed you where? To feed you there. You've got to go there. You've got to go to that place that God wants you to be. And it was there then that God was obliged to provide for him. 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Now, a lot of times we overlook that, but you know what? It's not enough just to be a hearer. You got to be a doer of the word. So he did what God told him to do. He went and stayed by the brook, which flows into Jordan. And notice, isn't this just something? The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. Well, there was provision there, wasn't there? Why do you think that is? Because God told him to go there. God is now uh, obliged to provide for him. And then it happened, verse 7, after a while that the brook dried up. Somebody said, well, my brook's drying up. Well, if your brook's drying up, guess what? If, you, if you've obeyed God and you get in that place he has for you and your brook starts drying up, guess what? Guess what's going to happen? The, look at verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, guess what? When you obey God and the brook dries up, there's going to be new direction from God for you. He'll have another place for you to go. Did you hear me? And he said, arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. See, but it's only when we get in that place that God tells us to be that he is going to then provide for us. I'm telling you, friends, being in the right place is very important. This really is a life and death message here today. Did you know you can be in the wrong place and your life be cut short? Did you hear me? This is very important here today. You need to find out what God wants you to do, what he's assigned you to do. Do you determine it or do you discover it? You discover it. And then you obey him and then you do it. And then he'll, and then, and the blessing will come. How many of you remember Jonah? Do you remember Jonah? The word of the Lord came to him and said, go do a certain thing. Is that right? said, go to Nineveh. Remember? How many remembers that? said, go to Nineveh. Did Jonah obey? No. He didn't obey. He wound up in the belly of the fish. And of course, he repented. And the fish vomited him out on dry ground. You know, after three days, he prayed. And then, guess what? Did the word of the Lord, did his assignment change? No, the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are, are irrevocable. God, if God's made you an ear and you disobey and wind up in the belly of the fish, guess what happens when you come out of the fish? You're still an ear. Or if he made you a foot, you're still a foot. If he made you an eye, you're still a Do you understand what I'm talking about? See, the assignment didn't change. Jonah didn't like his assignment. You know, there's a lot of people don't like their assignment from God. Jonah didn't like his assignment. There's a lot of people don't like their assignment. There's a lot of people that disdain. They hate their assignment. But if we just realize that it's only in that assignment that we're ultimately going to be fulfilled, you see. Did you hear me? I've watched a lot of people over the years. They didn't like their assignment. They got out of their assignment. They went and did what they wanted to do. And I tell you what, they got into that and they said, Oh my God, oh, let, me, let me get back over here where I belong. Because you see, if you're not graced to do that other thing, then it's going to be difficult and tough and it could be the very thing that destroys you. And then again, there's a lot of people who never find their place. Look at Luke the ninth chapter in the 57th verse. Luke the ninth chapter in the 57th verse. Do you know there's people that Jesus personally called to a place with him and they, the people didn't take him up on it? Did you know that? Look at Luke 9, 57. It happened as they journeyed to a, on the road that someone said to him, to Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. That doesn't mean Jesus was broke. Doesn't mean he didn't have a house. Study your Bible, you'll see he had a house. He was talking about the traveling ministry. And he was traveling. Jesus was on the road. He, was, he, he had a headquarters. You know, he moved it, I believe, from Nazareth uh, to Capernaum because they rejected him in Nazareth. He had a headquarters, but he was a traveling minister there. You understand that? And, he, you know, foxes have holes, birds of the nest ha uh, air have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And uh, 
So he's trying to tell this person here that, you know, the traveling ministry isn't all that it's cracked up to be. I've talked to traveling ministers and, you know, if you're not graced, I did that for a year. If you're not graced to do that, believe me, you don't want to do that. And if you're not graced to be a pastor, you don't want to do that. Because a pastor stays in one place. A traveling minister travels around. There's a grace for each. But notice here, he said to another, verse 59, follow me. But, he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. You know, there's a lot of people that have excuses as to why they never get into the place God wants them to be. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Wow, that's pretty, that's pretty strong. But you know, Jesus said in another place that if we love, you know, now we ought to love our mother and father and our children and all that, but if we love them more than we love Jesus, we're not worthy of him. That's what Jesus said. We've got to love him more than anyone, anything else. Another said, said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. As I read this, evidently, in some of these, Jesus called them, said, follow me, but people had excuses. And I've seen this again and again over the last 25 some odd years. People, soft times, never get in the place God has for them. Because when he does tell you what to do, there's always an excuse. There's always a reason why that we can't do it. We need to find out what it is he wants us to do and then we need to do it and just obey him, you see. Remember the rich young ruler? We won't turn there, but remember Jesus? He came to Jesus, actually. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus had a dialogue with him. And Jesus finally said, one thing you lack, go sell what you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, take up the cross and follow me. How many remembers that? Jesus called this guy. How how many of you remember that? You remember that? You remember that? But the Bible says he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Did you know your money can keep you from finding your place and being in your place? And actually with the rich young ruler, he found his place, but his money kept him from obeying. You know, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with having money. It's wrong when money has you. You know that? You understand that? You know, money can be the very thing that keeps you, the, not money itself, but the love of money can be the very thing that, that, that keeps you from the place God has for you. Yeah, I, you know, it's just real strong on the inside of me to say this to you as well. That there's some people that don't have a dime. And they know exactly what it is God's told them to do, but they won't do it. Because they're afraid that when they get over to that place, that they're going to starve. Well, you know what? Money should not be the issue. You know, an abundance of money or a lack thereof can keep you from the place God wants you to be. Now, this, this rich young ruler, he never got in the place that Jesus had for him because he had a lot of money. And he was going to have to give it up. But I've seen again and again people that didn't have two quarters to rub together, but God told them what to do. They knew exactly what they were supposed to do, but they didn't do it because they didn't have enough money. Money's not the issue. What the issue is is finding your place. And if you'll get in your place, then you'll have grace, and then God is obliged to provide for you. When my wife and I went to Oklahoma to Bible school, we went to Rama Bible Training Center for two years in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Now, we didn't just decide one day to go to Bible school. How many of you know we served in the local church for years before we did that? I wouldn't advise anybody to start out just going to Bible school. Find you the local church you're supposed to be in and serve there for some years. That's what we did. I started out in the local church cleaning the restrooms. That was my place. And I cleaned faithfully the restrooms for years. You know, there's some people that uh, if you gave them a restroom assignment, they wouldn't, they, they wouldn't like that assignment. Now, to tell you the truth, I didn't like it either. I wanted to preach right from day one. But God put me in the restrooms. And I cleaned the restrooms for many years. 
Then in the process of time, the Lord, uh, he picked my wife for me. You ought, to let your, you ought to let the Lord pick your spouse. And I've had heaven on earth for these 20 years being married to her. I don't know that she'd say the same thing about the other way, but the Lord picked her for me. I've had heaven on earth. And then he directed us to quit our jobs and go to Bible school. Now, don't do that unless the Lord directs you to do that because her and I were making decent wages. Now we're down to making nothing going to Bible school. And I didn't have anything. And I had quite long discussions with the Lord about how are we going to make it down there in Oklahoma having no jobs, having no jobs. How are we going to make it having no jobs? How are we going to make it how we don't have enough money to do the plan of God? You know, we we can't afford to do the plan of God. No, dear friends, you can't afford not to do the plan of God. Do you hear me? And so, long story short, we got down there and we prayed ahead of time when we got down there. Everything we needed just fell right into place. I got hired working as a math teacher at Tulsa Junior College. I probably shouldn't have had that job, but God got it for me. And I'm thankful that he did. And we did, you know, we worked down there and we, we lived, you know, we lived, we had all our needs met in those two years. And then in the process of time, we came back here and pioneered this church, started from scratch. And over the last 15 years, uh, all the needs are met. Buildings paid off. There's no debt on this ministry. Every need is met on every side. Praise God forevermore. See, you get in your place and then there'll be grace and the provision will be there. Did you hear me? So money can keep you from the, uh, the, the abundance thereof or the lack thereof can keep you from doing all that God's called you to do. Do you know there are some people who get in their place, but they lose it. Go to Acts, the first chapter. Acts, the first chapter. Go there if you would. Some people never do get in their place. Some people get in their place. Some people lose their place. Do you know it's possible to lose your place? Now look at Acts 1.15. Do you all remember Judas? If you remember Judas, just wave at me. Let me see if you remember. How many remembers Judas? Remember him? And he betrayed the Lord. Now, how many of you know Jesus prayed all night that one time and he chose 12 to be apostles? How many of you remember that? And one of those 12 was Judas. Did Jesus make a mistake when he chose Judas? Absolutely not. Judas had part of the ministry of the Lord Jesus. He went out under the anointing of God and and with Jesus' anointing and he cast out demons. He preached. Did he not? The Bible says he did. But he betrayed the Lord. Now, why did he betray the Lord? He betrayed the Lord for money. The Bible said he was a thief. Huh? Remember when that lady came in and and broke that oil on Jesus' feet and and he spoke up and he said, shouldn't that be taken out and sold and given to the poor? Huh? And then the Bible said he didn't say that because he cared about the poor. He he was a thief. How many of you know the Bible says he was pilfering from the money sack? Is that right? As a treasurer? Huh? He he, he was bilking money. Is that right? Uh, Huh? The love of money, greed. And this man got in his place, walked beside the Lord Jesus for nearly three and a half years, but he lost it. Look at this, Acts 1.15, And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, it's about 120 of them, and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was, look at this, he was numbered with us, obtained part of this ministry. He was right there in the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. But look at verse 20, look at verse 20. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, And let no one live in it and let another take his office. One version says, I believe King James says, let another take his place. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want somebody else to get the place that God has for me. How about you? Do you want somebody else to take your place? Well, we need to not only get with God and find out what our place is, but then we need to endeavor to stay in that place. Now, I've seen a lot of people over the years that they never did get in their place. But then I see a lot more. Well, I say a lot more. I see a lot of people as well, Christians, you know. I see a lot of Christians, they never do get in their place. They think all we do. You know, a lot of Christians, they think, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. That's all there is to it. No, when you get saved, that's not the end. That's just the beginning of your walk with God. 
Then you find out, where am I supposed to go to church? Where am I supposed to hook in? What am I supposed to do? You understand that? And, and so many don't ever even get there. But then there are many that do find their place. Judas found his place, but he lost his place. Now, Judas is kind of an extreme example. But you know, there's another man that lost his place. And this happens again and again. Now, the Judas example hardly ever happens. But this next one happens all the time. Have you ever heard of Barnabas? How many has ever heard of Barnabas? Paul's traveling companion. Actually, he was the one who encouraged Paul. When, when Saul got saved and became Paul, and then the, the, the brethren wouldn't receive Paul because he had formerly been a persecutor of the church, and Barnabas stood up for him and, and, and said, Hey guys, this guy's okay. Let, it, let him in. Let him, let him become, you know, let him be a part of us. Come on. And, and, and he encouraged uh, uh, Paul and all of that early on. But you know, Barnabas lost his place. Now, Judas wound up in hell. We know that because Jesus said it had been better for him never to have been born. Now, Barnabas, you know you can lose your place and not go to hell. Do you understand that? Losing your place really doesn't have anything to do with losing your salvation or going to hell. But you can lose your place and not walk in all that God has for you. Now, now, like I said, Judas is an extreme example, but Barnabas lost his place. Now, he was positioned as the Apostle Paul's traveling companion. How many of you think that would be a good place to be? How many of you would think that would be an honor? That'd be an honor, wouldn't it? Uh, but, but look at Acts 15.36. Look at this. And this happens all the time. Now, the Judas example is extreme. Seldom happens. But this one here happens all the time. Look at Acts 15, 36. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, this was after their first missionary journey, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Now, Barnabas was determined. Realize, say determined. determined. Say it again. Determined. Oh, he was determined to take with them John called Mark. Now, you have to understand that at this time, Paul is in Authority here. God had given Paul authority and Barnabas was working with Paul. And now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Well, while we're on it, we'll take a side journey. Did Mark find his place? On Paul's first missionary journey. Yes, he was right there with him. But notice, Mark lost his place. Why? Because he wouldn't endure hardness as a good soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you know when you get in your place, it's not going to be all rosy? Sometimes you're going to have hardness. Very often there's hardness. And Mark left, he left the ministry because it was too hard. He got out of his place. Now, at the end of Paul's ministry, Paul said, uh, send Mark to me for he's profitable to me. Now, Mark eventually got back in his place. Did you know you can get out of your place and then get back in it? But think about this. It cost Mark because he didn't get to go with Paul on his second, third journeys. He could have been right there with the man. He wasn't. He got out of his place. Now, Barnabas, let's get back to him now. He's determined to take Mark. Paul says no. And look at this, verse 39. Then the contention became so sharp. Did, did Barnabas and Paul have a contention? Who's in authority now? Paul. Who put Paul in authority? God. Barnabas needs to submit to that godly authority. But Barnabas is determined to have his own way. And they got into an argument and the contention between them became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Now it's interesting, Barnabas did not lose his salvation. 
He's in heaven right now. But you know what? After this, you don't hear about Barnabas anymore. I mean, Paul mentions him one other time, very kindly mentions him, but that's it. I don't believe that was the perfect will of God for Barnabas' life. But he would not submit to good godly authority. You see, he exercised, Barnabas exercised his two votes, his right foot and his left foot, and he walked away from the plan of God for his life. Now, he still accomplished some stuff, but it wasn't to the full that God had for him. Here's a man that found his place, but he wouldn't stay in it. Why? Because he refused to submit to good godly authority. I'm not talking about dictatorial authority. I'm talking about how many of you believe Paul is good godly authority? He's not. He's going to do it his own way. And he exercised his two votes, his right foot and his left foot, and he walked right out of the place that God had for him. Isn't that something? And notice when he walked out of that place, look at verse 40, but Paul chose Silas. Real loud say, Paul chose Silas. Silas. Say it one more time. Now, do you know why Paul was able to choose Silas? Do you know why that is? Let me show you. Look at this. Because Barnabas walks away and look at Acts 15, look at verse 34. Just go up a few verses. Notice this. Why was Silas there? For Paul to choose him. Because Silas had come to that area on an assignment that God had given him. He completed that assignment. And then the other people that he came with went their way. But Silas remained in that place where Paul was. And look at verse 34. Why did Silas stay there? However, it seemed good to Silas to remain there. How did, how, why was Silas there for Paul to choose him? It's because he, Silas was being led by the Holy Spirit and it just seemed good to him that I just need to stay right here. While all his buddies and friends that he came there with, that one was going here, one was going there, one was doing this. No, uh, uh, you know, while they were doing that, no, Silas, he, he just realized, say, it seemed good. One more time. Seem good. How does God lead us? Through the Holy Written Word. He leads us by His Spirit. Through the Holy Written Word. And then if you can't find something verbatim in the Word, like where should I live? What car should I buy? That kind of thing. It's that peace versus no peace on the inside. And Silas just had peace about staying there. And notice he was in the right place at the right time. And now all of a sudden, Paul needs somebody to go with him to replace Barnabas. And Silas is in that place. Dear friends, we need to seek God and be sensitive to the Spirit of God and be in that place that God wants us to be. Can, can you say amen to that? Judas lost his place because of a love of money. Barnabas lost his place because he wouldn't submit to good godly authority. Esau, I just, I'm almost done here, but Esau, how many remember Esau? We could take the time and study it, but he lost his birthright, didn't he? He sold it for a pot of stew, didn't he? And you know, as you study that whole story out, he despised his birthright. It didn't mean anything to him. How many of you know the assignment God has given us? We should honor it and think highly of it. You know, there's some people, they get an assignment from God and they disdain it. They don't honor it. They don't esteem it. They counted as little and nothing. And We ought to esteem anything that the Lord Jesus asks us to do. If it's sweeping the floors in the bathroom, if he's asked us to do it, didn't the Bible say I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than be mighty in the tents of the wicked? Huh? And Esau lost his birthright. The Bible says he despised it. It didn't mean anything to him. But you know what? Later, now did Mark get his place back? Yeah, he did. Did Jonah lose? He never got in his place, uh, but he got back in it, didn't he? Jonah, huh? He was in the whale, got back in it. Huh? Mark got back in it. Esau could never get that. The Bible says he he sought that birthright at one time with tears and he couldn't get it back do you hear me sometimes when we walk out of that place God has for us 
We can't ever obtain it again. I'm not talking about losing salvation. I'm not talking, I'm talking about that place that God wants us to be. That thing that He's asked us to do. And we despise it. We walk and, 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 and we get out of it. And sometimes you can get back in it. Now, did Mark get back in it? Did Mark get back in it? Yeah. But did he, did he lose out on Paul's second and third missionary journeys? Yeah. How many of you think that would have been an honor to go with Paul on those journeys? Am I boring you? He got back. Paul said, send him. He's profitable to me. Mark. He got out, but he got back to... But he he missed out on a lot. Esau never could get the birthright back. Now, today we talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. It could have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Uh Uh-oh. Nope. He disdained what God... You know, he disdained, he disdained his birthright. And now instead of saying Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, we're saying Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Have you read the book of Revelation on the, on the uh, foundations of heaven? There's 12 names written. The apostles of the Lamb. One of those names could have been Judas. Judas's name's not there. Judas went to hell. Didn't, didn't have to. But I don't want to get into all that, but I'm just saying Somebody asked me one time, who is that 12th, who's that 12th apostle's name that's written? Uh, well, who replaced uh, 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 Judas? You remember his name starts with an M? Matthias? Could it be him? I personally think it's the apostle Paul. But, but nonetheless, we know Judas's name isn't there. Friends, is being in the place God has for us important? Yes. Is staying in that place important? I'll close with... Uh, Uzziah. Have you ever heard of Uzziah in the Old Testament? He was a king. He sought God and God made him to prosper and he became strong. How many remembers that? It's in 2 Chronicles 26. You don't have to turn there, but you ought to read it sometime. He was a king. He prospered as a king. He was called to be a king. He was a king. And that's what God called him to do. He was a king. But you know what? He wasn't satisfied with being a king. He wanted to be a priest. And he went into the altar to burn incense. And it was something he wasn't supposed to do. And the Bible said that God sent priests, ministers, preachers to correct him. Isn't it good that when we get off base or off track, God will have a man of God standing in a pulpit to to lovingly and even boldly, if necessary, get you back where you need to be? And they sent, God sent ministers, more than one, to Uzziah. But he got angry. He wouldn't listen to what the ministers had to say. He was angry. He was a king, but he wanted to be a priest. Why can't we just find out what God's called us to be and just be the best that we can be? You know, we need to be content with who we are, but we also need to be content with who we're not. Did you hear what I just said? And he, and, 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 and he got angry. And the Bible said that leprosy broke out upon him. And he was isolated from the house of God. Because he wasn't, he, wasn't, he wasn't happy with what God called him to be. I don't know about you, but I think I'd be real happy to be the king. How about you? Well, no, he wanted to be the priest. And I'd almost guarantee you something else about Uzziah, just knowing his personality from studying him. If God would have called him to be a priest, he'd have wanted to be what? King. king. I tell you what, this satisfaction thing, this... Now, now sometimes if you're discontented and, and you're going around saying, you know, I think there's more. I think God has more for me. I think God has more for me. You know, if you're going around saying, you know, I think God has more for me, you know why you're saying that? It's because He probably does have more for you. If you've got discontentment on the inside, sometimes that discontentment can be a sign that there is more for you to do. But in whatever you do, at some point, you do need to become... You need to become at peace with what God's called you to be. Because if you don't get that about yourself, no matter what you do, you're going to be miserable. You've got to find out what God's called you to do. You need to get in that place and just, just do the best that you can at that and, and be content with that and, and, and God will prosper you. And then stay in that and, and, and if your friends walk out and go a different direction or do this, that or the other, listen, you're not called to do what your friends do. You're called to do what God's told you to do. And so you need to just find out, and that's my prayer for everybody, 
that you just find out exactly what it is that God has for you to do. Do you determine it or do you discover it? Discover it. How do you do it? Do you do do it by watching TV and going to the park every day? No, you got to get along with God, study the Word, and just let Him through that peace versus no peace. Let Him direct you and then get in the place He has for you and then stay there and just bloom in that place that He puts you and be a blessing and, and things will go well. Sometimes you'll have some rocky roads that'll come up and bumps in the road. But I tell you what, when you're in the place God has for you, if those rocky roads come up and whatnot, I tell you what, those, those bumps in the road, you'll have the grace to overcome it. Can you say amen? amen? But if you're not in the place He has for you and the bumps in the road come up, then guess what? You won't have the grace to overcome. And those bumps can destroy you. So let's get in that place. Psalm 66 says, We went through fire and through water, but you have brought us out to a wealthy place. That's Psalm 66, 12 in the King James. I want to be in that wealthy place, and I'm not just talking about money here now. I'm talking about that place you can get in and you can become strong. You can become strong spiritually. You can become strong mentally. You can be strong physically. You can be strong socially. You can be strong financially. You can be strong in every area. And your cup can not only be full but running over. And you've got enough for yourself and to bless somebody else. Amen. God does not want you in your place just for you. And that's one thing that's been wrong, in my opinion, in the body of Christ in the last many years, is that everybody wants to get in that wealthy place so they can have stuff for themselves. And that's not what Christianity is all about. God wants us to live well and all of that, but He wants us in that wealthy place so we can be strong and minister to other people. Did you hear me? Stand with me if you would. I hope you got something out of this today. If you're here today, you've never repented of your sins and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'd like to encourage you to do so before you leave here today. God has a good life for you. He's got good things for you. But you need to get in that place. How do I get in that place? You get in that place by repenting of your sins and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus. You walk in the life of God. Eventually one day when you die, miss hell, make heaven. Or when the rapture takes place, whichever comes first. So if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart as Savior, you need to do that before you leave. I want to encourage you. There'll be some men, women standing up here. People up here, just come on up. They'll be glad to minister to you. Pray with you and lead you into a saving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You need healing in your body. You need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Praise God. 